Hello Norfolk enjoyers, local and beyond. This is Steph. And Andrew. And we are from Enjoying Norfolk and we are back with episode six of the Norfolk and Good podcast series. If you listened to last week's episode, um, thank you, first of all. And um, we hope you enjoyed it. Do, as ever, send us any feedback or comments. Um, We started the first of two episodes about books, literature, authors, all things literary. Yes. Um, because we discovered that, although we already knew quite a lot anyway, um, not blowing our own literature <laughs> bit. Well, <laughs> well, I think some, you know a bit more than me. Some, we know some. <laughs> but we uh, once you scratch the surface and start discussing it, it's actually amazing how much there is to talk about. So we split it up into two episodes. Last week we covered sort of literature at the University of East Anglia, including um, their UEA Live event, which is the sort of the literary festival, but online. Yes, yes, um, it is. And this week, we're really talking more um, generally about um, Norfolk's literary roots, of which there are many. Many. There's, there is lots. It's vast. <laughs> vast is. And uh, again, if you have any comments or, um, you know, obviously we um, we try to be as accurate in facts and detail as possible. But if, <laughs> if we have got anything wrong, feel free to tell us or correct us um, constructively. And equally, uh, if you've got any additional information to share with us about anything that we discussed today, then we would always love to hear from you. Literary Norfolk, Andrew. Where would you start? Well, I would have to start at the fact that we uh, Norwich, Norwich City, mm-hmm. um, was the first English UNESCO City of Literature back in 2012. Wow, fantastic. I know. First UNESCO City, English UNESCO City English. of Literature. Yes, yeah. yes. That's a brilliant accolade. That is, isn't it? And you can see it on the signs as you're coming into the city of oh, Norwich. Oh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Norwich. Fine city. Yes. Also well read. Yes. <laughs> It is. <laughs> I was telling you about the yesterday about a meme I saw. Well, no, I think it was somewhere on like Facebook. Somebody was yeah. mocking Norfolk. Ooh. I know how very dare they, very suggesting dare. that we're inbred My and goodness. backwards. <laughs> they just listen to us <laughs> talking. You know that's definitely not true. Anyway, someone as a counter a counter argument just posted a picture of the sign saying that we were the uh, UNESCO City of Literature, which kind of sinks that yeah. argument that we're all backwards we and stupid, doesn't it? We put them down, don't we? <laughs> in an intelligent way. Yes. Yeah, that's all you need to do. It was just in the comments. It was just a picture of the sign with, yeah, cool. well, UNESCO City of Literature. So, oh, boom. Very good. Yes. <laughs> when they were putting together the bid... For yeah. um, the UNESCO to become a UNESCO City of Literature, yeah. they obviously drew on a number of factors and strengths about Norwich and Norfolk and their literary, literary yeah. past, literary yeah. roots, yeah. Um, to support their bid. Uh, what were a few of those? Can you remember any? Yeah, I've, well, I'm going to have to take you back to the Middle Ages. Okay. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> with um, Julian of Norwich, Mother Julian of Norwich. Okay, yeah. Who was the first woman mm-hmm. to publish a book in the English language. Fantastic, yes. fantastic. She was an anchoress, wasn't she? She was. She, she was. Explain to me what an anchoress. Anchoress. So uh, a, a bit like a hermit. Um, okay. She basically sort of walled herself in. Yeah. Um to devote herself to a life of calm and religious oh. pursuings. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I know. After so much homeschooling the last 12 months, honestly, yeah. uh, that sounds like luxury. It sounds I'm lovely. bricking myself in now. 
Not if I don't do it first. <laughs> and what was the book that she wrote? Yeah, the book. The book was actually the Revelations of Divine Love. The Revelations of Divine Love, fabulous. Yeah. And she said uh, a really nice, poignant, particularly pertinent in these times. Quote: All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Oh, which is quite a nice little yeah. mantra, actually. If you sort of, if you have a daily mantra, if you meditate or something like that, I think if you just sort of said that to yourself. That's quite calming. It's quite. It is going to be well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's quite nice. Yeah. It's gently positive. Yeah, not definitely. not too gushy, but just you know, it will all be okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if you go to the cathedral, Norwich Cathedral, that uh, I think all shall be well is actually a sort of a little sculpted letter, okay, letters yeah, of that yeah. phrase yeah. outside the entrance, which yeah. is quite nice. With with her with a statue of her there as well outside the. The cathedral, isn't there? There is a statue indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, there's a statue of her outside the, um, is it the west entrance to the cathedral? Yeah. Um, and if yeah. You, so if you want to see a depiction of what she may have looked like. Mm-hmm, um, indeed. That's it there. And also um, there's a there's some, some murals. Obviously there's a few murals about the murals about um, Norwich. Mm-hmm. But there's one of Mother Julian. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Burr Street. On Burr Street, yes. Yeah. yeah, there's one on Burr Street, which is actually a picture of her kind of her head and her face, etc. And then there's a really nice floral one, which you showed me, actually. Yes. Where's that? Calvert Street. Calvert Street. Yeah. And it says around some flowers, um, all shall be well and all shall be well. And all manner of things should be well. Yeah. So, very nice. Very good. And, uh, yeah, it was good to basically put her forward for our bid, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And, actually, before we go on, you can... Um, so, St Julian's Alley and St Julian's Church, which was the church that she was... Um, well, she had her bricked-up cell, it was called. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so she had her bricked-up. So that is um, opposite. The entrance to St Julian's Alley is pretty much opposite the Writers' Centre. Ah, uh-huh. Dragon's Hall. Yeah, yeah. Dragon's yeah. Hall, which is off King Street. And just a sort of an aside about Dragon's Hall anyway, fabulous in its own right. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful building. Really lovely yeah, building. Fabulous in there if you if you ever go get the chance to go and... Um, on one of the tours that they do. They do still offer, yeah. yeah. Now it is the National Centre for Writing. Yes. Which is also pretty cool. Yes, very, very. Um, and the fact that we had that there, and that was born out of the Writer's Centre, which was a really strong um, hub of writing literature and authors. Um, it was always in the city. I think it was based in Elm Hill or Princess Street or somewhere like that before yeah, it moved to Dragon so. Hall. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But it moved yeah. to Dragon Hall and then... Yeah. Um, Which is become, the perfect location. It really there, is. It? It's a wonderful location. And like Andrew said, they still, in normal times, um, offer, I think, twice weekly tours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to book yeah. on, but I think they're free. But if you get the chance, go and have a look inside. But if you even now, if you're going for a walk in the city centre, go down to King Street um, have a look at Dragon's Hall. It's absolutely fabulous. It's like something out of Harry Potter. Yeah. Really spectacular <laughs> building. And wonderfully now, if you do have an interest in writing or you believe there is a book in you, they have all sorts of writing and author events and supportive workshops and all kinds of things. So, yeah, again, th- another... Yeah. And they're doing a lot of online at the moment, I think, which is Yes, which yeah, is great. they're still active. So check them out on Facebook or, or um, Twitter or whatever, the, the National Centre for Writing at Dragon's Hall. Anyway, so opposite Dragon's, Dragon's Hall is yes, St. Julian's going back Alley. To that. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Leading to St. Julian's Church. And um, although apparently um, it was very heavily bombed during the Second World War, so it has okay. been largely, um, largely rebuilt. Um, but apparently you can visit and you can still see, um, 
well, I suppose if it's largely rebuilt, a largely rebuilt um, so, so small cell where, um, which is linked to St. Julian's Church, okay. where Mother Julian was um, an anchoress. Wow. Which, where she lived in religious seclusion. Oh, very good. I wonder how big that it's not very. I've actually, I've actually seen it a long, long time oh, ago. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, I've seen it, and it's. I mean, it is not very big. She well, led a very um, simple existence there, I think. But um, yeah. it allowed her to sort of focus, and yeah. obviously mm-hmm. to do her writings and to um, to practice her religion, peace in peace. Um, and she obviously came up with that lovely quote, which which basically, you know, sort of speaks of hope. Yeah. Another wordy first is um, for Norwich mm-hmm. um, was um, that we had um, the first provincial newspaper, the Norwich Fantastic. Post, uh-huh. oh, um, yeah. which existed, well, it was first printed in 1701. It existed until about 1713. And you can actually see where it was first printed in Norwich, can't you? You can. You can. It's um, where the roads all join. You've got London Street, the back of the inns, as I call it. Castle Street. Castle Street, opposite yeah. Swan Lane. Yeah, the basically the building where Whitard Chelsea is. Yeah, that sort of down, yeah, on the, the corner. On the corner, on the bottom there. And if you look up, which yeah. I don't think many of us do actually at that corner there, you look up, there's this lovely, fantastic building. Yeah, made and, of red bricks. Yeah. It's gorgeous, isn't that's it? That's where it was um, yeah, first printed there. Yeah, yeah, and it has a blue plaque as well. So there's a Norwich Lane's um, blue plaque on that building saying first provincial newspaper. Um, it says it was first printed on this site in 1701 by Francis Burgess. Yes. And yeah. Norwich also claims the record for the longest continuously printed local newspaper, the Norwich Mercury. Ah, there you go. Which was founded in 1714. So to be honest with you, that wasn't very much later. Maybe no, 13 years later than the first provincial that, newspaper. Yeah. Possibly, uh, yeah, because didn't you yeah, say that it, it was printed... Seventeen thirteen. So maybe, yeah. and if you're if you're listening and you know, perhaps you can um, send in and inform us. Did the Norwich Post morph into the Norwich Mercury? Yeah, we'd if like you to know. know. Yeah. We would love to know. Inquiring yeah. minds need to know. So yeah, so that's absolutely fantastic. And again, another um, literary reason um, why we were successful in our UNESCO bid for um, City of Literature and also just a fabulous first. Um, previously, uh, it was believed that the, the London Gazette was the, the earliest sort of uh, provincial English newspaper, but that was only published for a short amount of time, whereas the Norwich Post um, obviously printed for longer and possibly, we don't know, um, morphed into uh, an additional newspaper. Yeah. So really exciting. Assistance. You've got to keep it going. You know, you can't just do the one-off and try and get the record. Hey. <laughs> As well as newspapers and um, early female authors, we've also got quite a big, um, we're quite big on libraries here in Norfolk, aren't we? Yes, we have a great history of libraries uh, in the city of Norwich. Um, The the first library in Norwich was established in 1608. Fantastic. Apparently six years after Thomas Bodley founded the Bodleian Library. Uh, which we've been to as well, haven't we? We have another fabulous library. Yeah, actually, we yeah. do kind of, we do rather like a, we like a good <laughs> library, don't we? We do. Yeah, in fact, the like, really old ones. Just any library, to be honest. It's in normal times, when things aren't all locked down, probably we visited at least once a week. It was like our second home when the kids were small, wasn't it? Yeah, the library. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, oh, it's just the the perfect antidote to the day. You just head off into the library. Yeah, 
they're really so peaceful so quiet anyway sorry i interrupted you tell us about you did you did actually (laughs) i was back i was gone back to 1608 (laughs) (laughs) no that that like i think the first uh, it sort of originated from the cathedral Mm -hmm. um the library um and um and the first one sort of outside the cathedral um i think was st andrew's hall Mm-hmm. Um, which is another fabulous building in in Norwich, but it was only like a private private subscription oh, okay, kind of yeah. like you know, it wasn't private opened. member sort of like yeah, to the public. Yeah, not open to the public at all. And and, and over many years, it sort of drifted in and out of. You could borrow library books, and you couldn't borrow library books. You just had them there as reference. Mm. Um, and um, the first sort of and it went to numerous places in Norwich and Andrews different Hall. Different sites around. Yeah, different sites. Um, the Haymarket. Mm-hmm. And um, then it kind of origi- ended up at the Guildhall, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you can you The can old see. library, the old building. Yeah, the old yeah. building. Um, there, as you look back, um, used to be a restaurant. I was going to say. I don't yeah, know what it is I what think it, it stands now. empty now, unfortunately, which is very sad. It's absolutely yeah. a stunning building. Yeah, it's a lovely building. And, um, and, and obviously, you can see the shelves inside, mm. kind of some of the old shelves. Um, but while I was doing, while I was having a look at um, the libraries in Norwich, I came across a, a, a really nice bit, sort of dating dating back to 1822, I think it was, mm-hmm. when um, when the library moved um, was was now about to move to um, St Andrew's Street. That is 200 years ago. Oh yeah, good grief! That's amazing, isn't it? I know. Goodness yeah. gracious! So this will be even more interesting. This bit I'm now about to read here. <laughs> And it said just before it moved, um, some years before um, uh, that move, they had complaints about the running of the Norwich Public Library. <laughs> and some of the complaints were an absence of standard works, um, lack of new titles, mm. uh, failure to raise the annual subscription. <laughs> Crikey. And so the one I like the best, a librarian with a disobliging manner. <laughs> Librarian with a disappointing hey? manner. Love that. And I don't see that. I don't see that nowadays. In no, no. Too. We have to actually. We adore. So we visit the Millennium Library uh, as our most regular. We, we kind of hit up two libraries on a regular basis when COVID isn't scuppering everything. Don't yeah. we? We've got the big library, the big one. That's yes. the Millennium Library in the centre of Norwich, and the little library. Simple terms. <laughs> like the big light and the little light. The big, <laughs> the big library and the little library. And the little library is the West West Earlham Library, the Earlham Library. The Earlham Library. Yeah, yeah. the one near the yeah. shops. Um, yeah. On- Coleman on Coleman Road. Road. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we go there sometimes as well, which is also a fantastic little building, purpose-built library. Yeah. And the Millennium Library. And we absolutely love going there. And we have to say that the people that work there are superstars. They are. And a shout out to yeah. Hannah, who is one of Big my favourite my favorite <laughs> librarians there. But they're all super friendly, super helpful. And because we've been going there so regularly for so many years, since the since the kids, I think... We got them their library cards and they're about six months old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we borrow our maximum limit of books every time we visit. So we're always lugging a massive bag in, um, which when we stopped using the buggy for the kids was a nightmare. Yeah, it really, was. wasn't it? Because it meant we had to carry these huge bags of books around town. I've got strong arms now. <laughs> um, but yeah, they are definitely not... What was the word that the man or the, the person used? Disobliging <laughs> manner. They are definitely not disobliging. They are very obliging. Um, so big up librarians. You're fantastic. And actually, just on the subject of the Millennium Library, um, it is the UK's... It's been the UK's most visited library for several years. I know. It's, it's fantastic, isn't it? Again, yeah. a testament to how much we love to read here in Norwich and yes. Norfolk. Um, another little... Um, 
contributing factor to us being the sort of city of literature but also it's just a fantastic library we always find that they always have new titles yeah always always yeah. every time we go yeah. and as i say it was it was weekly at one point yeah um, and you could always pick up a, pick a up new, new title to bring yeah, back a new absolutely yeah. um and just such a variety as well and the children's section was amazing and it's yeah it is crucial i think to foster a love of reading at a young age and so well certainly for ours they were basically brought up on a diet books weren't they yeah. the food was sort of secondary once <laughs> <laughs> once or twice a week we went in didn't yeah we? well it's yeah. free as well yeah. so especially if you've got a young family um and there's there's not always stuff to do all the time they've got their bounce and rhyme time yeah. um story time but also you can just go they've in got, there they've got a lego them. club haven't they or something like that all I sorts think so. of lego club, a coding actually, club we're actually doing some stuff with them online over half term next week oh, coding excellent. stuff online so yeah. um and while they're shut it's actually been recent i've really missed the library yeah during yeah. lockdown it's one of the things I really yeah. really missed um, uh, out of everything but um, in an email correspondence with one of the librarians um, or it might have been actually with Hannah over Twitter they've got an app called Libby um, and you can for free if you've got yeah. a library subscription or a library card or whatever library number you can get um, audiobooks and books to read on handheld devices such as iPads and phones for free from Libby's, so you can borrow up to six at a time, including audiobooks, which are great because audiobooks normally quite expensive, aren't they? Yeah, yeah um, fantastic service. Yeah, yeah, so we sort of discovered that towards the end of the first lockdown, and basically we've been using that now, so the kids listen to audiobooks on it and that sort of that sort of thing. So that's really worth a look. Um, so yeah, big up the libraries, and and it's really nice that Norwich has got such a long history of public yeah, libraries. Long. Everyone should be able to borrow books and read them for for free. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and a very a very long history. And sort of going back to going back to the history of the of the, of the libraries, um, the actual first truly public library um, uh, was built and opened in 1857 in Norwich. In, in Norwich, fabulous. Yeah, and I think it was on the corner. It was on the corner of Duke Street and St Andrew Street. I think I may be wrong, mm-hmm. but I think that's where it was. And um, and it was part of um, in eighteen in the 1850s. Um, the the Libraries Act was brought in which allowed um, larger boroughs to add, apparently, half a penny in the pound to the rates to, to pay for library facilities and staff. And Fabulous. Norwich City Council was the first to adopt that act. Yay! I know, another first. Brilliant. Winchester, I have to mention it, Winchester, was the first to form a library under the act, but Norwich was the first to construct one that was free. To build an actual library? Yes, construct. <laughs> Construct yeah. the art of to yeah. build. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> to construct really nice. its own free library. So that's really good. Cool. Um, I, I have to mention that I, I uh, well, while I was having a look at all this library, it's, gone, you know, it's fascinating. I, I got some of this information from a website called Colonel Unfanks Norwich. Okay. Dot com. Okay. Fabulous. Worth okay. looking out. So it's got loads of history and yeah. pictures as well, hasn't it? Really. Loads good. of loads Quite of a nice pictures. Historical yeah. resource. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> going to say while we're talking about the construction of libraries unfortunately mm. it does seem our libraries do have a tendency to they burn do. down they do yes and yeah. Yeah. we were talking about this earlier so before the millennium library which is in housing the spectacular um futuristic um forum building yeah. which i love actually and it really sits Beautiful so building. well with all the yeah. other historical buildings around yeah. it which is inc- you know that's no mean feat um there was an old library well old compared to that one, a former yeah. library, yeah. Um, which is the one that both Andrew and I remember using as, as youngsters. Ah, yes, yes. Um, and it burnt down in 1994, it was opposite. didn't it? It was, uh, I'm kind of 
strangely, it was opposite the fire station, wasn't it? As everyone commented yes. at the time. Yes. And a big car park, as I remember, in front of it. And I remember yes. going into, I used to love it, you used to go up some steps, didn't you, up into that library. Um, and I, or, uh, I remember going there because uh, the one thing I really remember is when you were searching for a book, there was these big wooden chests with drawers, oh, little drawers. Dewey. Yeah, and you had to go for all the index cards. Oh, yeah. To find the book that you I wanted. I what happened to all of those. I wonder if they're still there in the library somewhere. Oh, I don't know. The Dewey Decimal yeah. System. That's the original yeah. way that libraries well, are classified. Yeah. It, it, it might have lost really them. complicated they to me, but librarians understand it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was, um, yeah, you used to spend most of the day just looking for the actual book. I remember going in there and. It's a lot easier nowadays. Apparently, to be a true librarian, you have to understand the Dewey Decimal System. I really cannot understand. It looks like the world's most complicated classification. I didn't even know the name. (laughs) So... Yeah, I remember that actually. It's really hard. But um, uh, I used to like going to that library. And for ages, I didn't think I would like the new library as much. Because yeah, yeah. I remember that so fondly. And I was yeah. a bit like, oh, the old library burnt down and I will oh. never accept <laughs> you new library. But actually, now I look back and I, obviously I really love the Millennium Library now. But I, every Saturday, I used to chain my bike outside the old library yeah, to go meet yeah. my friends in Chapterfield Gardens when I was a teenager. <laughs> Not to use the library. Oh. Sometimes to use the library. Sometimes, I, I, this is when I was a teenager. Sometimes Just I'd using their into, bike racks. No? Yeah, well, it... it it kind of came back to to bite me on the behind because my bike was stolen from outside it. Uh, so probably by a librarian. It's <laughs> a bit disparaging. You can't say that. It's because you were using it and you not going in that. the library. But interestingly enough, you said that it burnt down. It was opposite the fire station, but it was also opposite the police station. And yet somebody still managed to steal my bike from outside it. <laughs> libraries and our fantastic history of libraries and the promotion of public literature and accessibility and that sort of thing um we've also got uh it would seem a real um a really good uh foundation of uh of norfolk based and born authors yeah we seem to don't we yeah yeah Yeah. so there are i mean i'm not sure if this is the same of everywhere if you really if you look hard enough Mm. um but certainly um we seem to have some really interesting authors that have originated from here or written about here or were born here and then moved on. Um, One which I discovered relatively recently, um, and that is um, Ralph Hale Mottram. So Ralph Hale Mottram, or R.H. Mottram is his published name. So he, the reason I found out about him is because there is, um, at the top of Mousehold, there is, um, if you go to the to the very top where it looks down upon the city, there's kind of like a Beautiful square view sculpture. Up there. Beautiful view, isn't it? Fantastic it's worth going view. up there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And there's a kind of like a skyline on a sort of stone rectangular yeah. plinth. And then it says underneath, in memory of Ralph Hale Mottram, uh, man of letters, Lord Mayor of Norwich, um, erected in public subscription to response and appeal by the Octagon Unitarian Chapel by the Norwich mm. Society, in which he was closely associated for many years. So nice. that made me think, right, okay, well, who is this chap? So I looked him up. And it turned out that he was a novelist um, at the beginning of the 20th century, a poet, hmm. a local historian, and then ultimately Lord Mayor of Norwich. Oh, so, right. And he was actually a really, really huh. interesting... Um, he was a really interesting guy. So his dad basically um, was the chief clerk of Gurney's Bank in Norwich, which oh, was okay, based yeah. at the top of Bank Plain, yeah. which is the yeah. building which was a bank when we were growing up and yes. then was open 
and yes. now I think is is unfortunately sadly empty. Yeah. Um, so he lived in bank that building, bank house in like well, the lived in there. Yeah, there was sort Lovely. of um uh like d- domestic quarters Parliament or whatever. Things, yeah, yeah, for the for the for the the chief clerk. So, um, and then he was a bank clerk, and he ended up um going going on to become Lord Mayor of Norwich in 1953. Hmm. Um, he also um fought in uh in the war. Um, and yeah. wrote about the first, so he wrote poetry, First World War poetry, and he wrote a book called um, The Spanish Farm Trilogy, which um, which was basically, um, it was based, lar- a fictional novel based largely on his experiences of the trenches, and it went mm. on to win um, the Hawthornden Prize in 1924. Oh. And I was again intrigued by this, because I'm yes. quite interested in war poetry and war literature. Are, yes. So I looked it up and um, it's quite difficult to get hold of, but I managed to get one second hand. And so I got the Spanish Farm Trilogy and it says on it, Penguin Modern Classics, for British soldiers, this was a haven from the mud of Flanders fields. And it's an oh, absolutely wow. ancient book. And the thing I really love about ancient secondhand books is um, that you open it up and, re- and somebody's written in it, uh, John Bakes and Catherine's 11, 1182, <laughs> which is quite sweet. And then somewhere yeah. inside, there's actually a French postcard which is addressed oh. to be sent um, and never got oh, sent. So not, not sent. Yeah, so that's oh. in those pages. Now, I have to admit, I've started it, and I actually personally found it a little bit of a tricky, a difficult read to get into, so I haven't really gone that much further, but I am determined to finish it eventually. Uh, it was published in... 90, this book, I think, was published in 1979, um, but it was originally published in 1924. Um, okay. But as yeah. I say, so Ralph Mottram was born in Norwich in 1883, um, he apparently went to what is now known as the CNS school. Yeah. So right, quite okay. an exciting yeah. connection. Um, he set most of his later novels in East Anglia. Um, he was a clerk at a bank, um, served in the forces in France in the First World War, then published The Spanish Farm. Um, he was awarded the honorary degree of Doctor of Letters by the UEA, and um, that was in 1966. And he died in 1971, and he's currently... Residing in the Rose, the Rosary Cemetery in Norwich. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, and that's a lovely title, isn't it, from the UEA? It is a man of letters. Yeah. I know how fabulous. Um, lovely, so and that's a fascinating that's... bit of history, and the yeah. link to Mousehold and the. Well, the link to Mousehold is because he was also a big conservationist and a defender okay. of Mousehold Heath, ah. and so on. To, apparently, that so that view is called St James's Hill. And that sculpture is dedicated to him with the skyline of Norwich. And um, he said that I think all of that view should be um, only for people of the birthright of Norwich. So it should be preserved for people who were born in Norwich. So it shouldn't be developed. And so he helped in its preservation. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And he was also, um, he was helped found the, the Norwich Society, I believe. Um, and he was also part of, um, I think, the original um, like body behind Norwich Libraries as well. Ooh, so right. he's very kind yeah. of pivotal in yeah. our literary history. Um, yeah, that was it. He said that he claimed Mousehold Heath should be the property of those who have the privilege of Norwich birth. Huh. How sweet is that? Yeah, yeah, really sweet. Another um, Norwich-born author uh, who most people will have heard of... Um, 
who I, I didn't actually realise was born in Norwich, um, no, no, was um, Philip yeah. Pullman. Yes, yes, of his dark materials. Indeed, yeah, yes. one of our favourite authors in this household, and we also much enjoyed um, watching his dark materials. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was, the serialised yeah. version on television Very recently. Good indeed, yeah. um, so that was really good. Yep, he was he was born. There must be something in the water. There's got to be, hasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, I'm a McBride. Ah, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Irish. But based in Norwich, so we're going to claim her. Totally. <laughs> and, and so she wrote um, A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was published by um, local galley beggar press after years of her trying to get it published. Yeah, and that just shows if you have persistence and determination. Indeed, absolutely. Yeah. And it went on to win a swathe of major literary awards and sort of kick-started her her literary career. So okay. also goes to show that we're not just we don't just make great writers but we can recognize them. Yeah. Award winning. <laughs> Award winning. Award winning. Indeed. It could be um it could be for all the other reasons we've already mentioned but also um we mentioned in last week's podcast um yeah. about UEA live that Britain's first um MA in creative writing was founded right here in Norwich at the UEA. Oh, I know, yes. In yes. 1970. Um and their first their debut MA student was Ian McEwen. I know. Who also, as we mentioned, amazing. went on to win the Booker Prize, among many other awards. And he has produced an amazing body of work, actually, which I plan to get to know a bit better because I really only know... Yeah. I have to admit, I actually really only know a couple of his books. And then re- I was reading his bibliography for the podcast that we've been doing. And actually, um, his work sounds right up my street. It does. So Birthday be... presents sorted. <laughs> there you go. There's no better birthday present than the book. What other what other local Norfolk authors do you know, Andrew? Well, another one I can think of is Anna Sewell. Anna uh, Sewell, who yeah, wrote who wrote Black Beauty. Black Beauty, yes. Oh, Black Beauty. I used to watch that on the television when I was really little. Of course, we we all it's compulsory <laughs> viewing, wasn't it? And it had a really yeah. epic theme tune, which <laughs> I can picture in my head, but I can't recount. I'm going to attempt to. Try. No, I'm not going to. No way. <laughs> no, but I might try in a minute when I remember it. Don't be obliged. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a treat for you all, listeners. Anyway, um, she was from Great Yarmouth. From Great Yarmouth. Great fabulous Yarmouth, place. Eh? Great yeah. Yarmouth. We love visiting Great Yarmouth. And um, and I think you can go and see her house. I think, I think a, you can. I think, which we haven't actually ever been to visit, which is no, terrible. We've got to. It's just as yeah. you come, you go along the Acor Strait and you come into Yarmouth. And I think it's just. Just as you're heading in that part of Yarmouth. Because there's a house. really old part of Great Yarmouth, just yeah. around from the quay, isn't there, where yeah. the Elizabethan house is, the National Trust yeah. Museum. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll have to find out. We must, And we'll yeah. have to visit Absolutely. tell everybody. So she, yep, so she was from there. Yeah. And going back to Great Yarmouth and its literary connections, it was also featured um, in David Copperfield oh, um, by Charles that. Dickens. And Peggotty mm. said it was the finest place in the universe. Well, Yes. Praise indeed. Praise indeed. We I do know. love Great Yarmouth. I've got a lot of time for um, for Yarmouth, actually. And lots never had a bad time in Great Yarmouth. I've never, no. no. Not no. even when you used to go clubbing there as a youth. <laughs> well, no, no, never. Never. Spent a lot of money in Great Yarmouth. But... <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> there are lots of other authors who aren't Norfolk born, but they've been inspired by or written about Norfolk, aren't they? Yeah, when they've come over and uh, holidays. Um, and one of them, obviously, is a famous one, is Arthur Conan Doyle. Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, mm. who used to visit um, uh, North Norfolk 
Cromer He loved area. North Norfolk, yeah. apparently, the Cromer area. Yeah. Um, and he was, um, well, I've been told that he was a member of Sheringham Golf Club. Mm-hmm, indeed, yeah. Yeah, actually. And I was, had some interesting facts um, when I was um, visiting Sheringham Golf Club that also on the books at the same time mm. as uh, he was a member there was a, a person called Moriarty. Mm. Mm. I think that's really interesting. I know. Actually, I'd love to delve a bit deeper into that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sheringham Golf Club is a really long established golf club, isn't it? And it's got lots of famous past members, including yeah. Scott of the Antarctic um, and yeah. Yeah. Sir, o- Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, oh, fabulous. Yeah, oh. so that's really interesting. Perhaps it's no coincidence that the criminal mastermind Professor Moriarty ended up as Sherlock Holmes's arch nemesis. Yes. Mm. yes. Perhaps there's a story behind the story there. I know, I know. And um, some some tactics on the golf course as well. <laughs> Perhaps Moriarty was a little bit <laughs> naughty. Indeed. Um, he also, apparently, um, Chrome Hall is thought to have inspired and the area around there, uh, Hounds of the Baskervilles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you I look believe. At Hall, I think so. I think so. Um, there are certainly a you lot can of, imagine that. There are a lot of hound-based folk tales also in the area as well with Black Shuck. Yeah. So, yeah. again, that's yeah. quite a... That could have... I think that, that came into play a bit there. And at the Hill House Hotel in Haysborough, um, apparently inspired the um, Sherlock Holmes story, The Dancing Men. Oh, okay. And there's a blue plaque there. Yeah. If we haven't been to Haysborough for a while. Not for a while. We'll and have unfortunately, to... it's being subject very much to um, the forces of nature. So I yeah. hope actually the Hill House Hotel is still there. Um, I would hope so. Yes. But if you do yeah. visit Haysborough, um, it's beautiful. And they've obviously got that fantastic um, red and white striped lighthouse. But um, particularly if you're walking, you're walking on the edge of the cliffs. They are very. It's very prone to um, what's it called slippage when when it caves in, basically over yeah, the edge yeah, because just erosion. Erosion. That's cliffs, what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. So um, so do be careful. But it's well worth visiting and well worth checking out. And um, yes, if the Hill House Hotel is still there, the blue plaque's there, which actually tells you about um, oh. the 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 Dancing Men and Sherlock Holmes. It's lots and lots of, and I, I presume there's lots of other things um, related to Arthur Conan Doyle. But if you dig a bit deeper. Quite possibly. Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've also got, so as well as Sheringham Golf Club, just along the way, you've got um, Royal Cromer Golf Club. And um, that counts among its um, uh, among its famous previous members, um, uh, Lord Alfred, Alfred Lord Tennyson and also Oscar oh, right. Wilde, um, James oh. Barry. So right. lots of yeah, notable yeah. literary um, characters yeah. from around the same sort of time. So... Um, and the phrase um, uh, Poppyland was um, a term coined by um, poet and theatre critic Clement Scott. And it sort of refers to the section okay. of the North Norfolk yeah. coast around Sheringham and that sort of corner. Um, Isn't that part of the railway there as well, the Poppyland Railway? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's where it comes from. It was called yeah. Poppyland. Um, basically, they sort of visited the area after the new railway line was built from Norwich to oh. Cromer, and then presumably there was a link between London and Norwich. So, right, okay, yeah. So rich, sort of richer, yeah. well-heeled Victorians could go up there and yeah. enjoy its... Um, Beauty. Beauty, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and they thought it was um, healing as good well. Good for the humans. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The sea air, good for the humans. So that's probably why there were so many um, of these these kind of um, famous people um, visiting. But they, yeah, they absolutely love North Norfolk and inspired lots of their, their literary works. Fabulous. Yeah, as you can tell from that, 
last short conversation really we've probably just scraped the surface haven't we i know there must be more literary connections in in, in history and everything there Uh, just unbelievable i think um spanning back um hundreds and hundreds of years um obviously if you've got a favorite local author then tell us about them we'd love to hear about it yeah from history or now yeah Yeah. absolutely um what sort of local literary things do you what what do we like do we mention the library obviously which we love Absolutely love that, yeah. Visiting the library really is in normal times, um, you know, one of our key things that we like to do, isn't it? And I've missed it terribly during lockdown. Yeah, when the two boys were going in there each week, multiple times a week, it was just a great thing to do. Absolutely, yeah, and free, which is wonderful. Um, Yep. What else do we like doing book-wise in Book-wise. Book-wise. Well, there is obviously... The UEA Live coming up, which we discussed in last week's podcast, yep. so check that out yep. uh, and um, get on the website and um, book and see some of the events. Yep, That'll be fabulous. Yep. Uh, and the other thing, uh, which we can't leave without mentioning, mm-hmm. is the Book Hive. In, book Hive in Norwich, yeah. Yes, in Norwich, in a totally independent bookshop. bookshop. Yep, and fabulous. Located uh, on the corner, it's got a lovely sweeping rounded corner window um, on oh, yeah. um, the beautiful London tiles Street. underneath and everything. Yeah, oh, and lovely. it's multi-floored, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and it's got a lovely back room at the back which is dedicated to children's books which is really nice yeah. and bright and interesting and really appealing to kids i think um henry that runs it is um uh, shout out to henry late he's yeah. uh, a great guy and hilarious yes <laughs> and you've only got to follow them on instagram or facebook um to know that um his posts yeah they make me laugh yeah, whenever i see them <laughs> they've done great great posts since the beginning of the, of the lockdowns and pandemic yeah. Uh, yeah so you just got to check that out to see what they're Absolutely. all about look up the book hive on instagram or facebook yeah. um and while they may not be open um sort of normally at the moment you can still do things like click and collect you can click and collect which i believe yes. you have used Andrew. i have used your the click and collect um for your christmas present <laughs> Obviously, in, uh, in times when we can get out, um, head into the Book Hive, it's, it's a fabulous place yeah, and they're so knowledgeable, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They've got, if you are in reading rut, they can recommend sort of books to read. And also, one thing I really like, actually, is the selection of books that they, they choose in, in the Book Hive. Yeah. Is, there are a lot of the kind of the classics and, and, and sort of award winners and um, ones that you'll find on the sort of top 10 and best-selling list. But there's also some um, a more eclectic range and some more obscure titles. And so it's a fantastic place to find a real gem that you you might not have thought you would ever read, but you'll be thankful you did. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays they're doing, uh, I think they're doing a virtual book club. Yeah. Um, nowadays, and they do um, they, they do other things like packs. They put together, they put some lockdown packs together. Yeah. They also do certain packs for Christmas and holidays. And they've got that great subscription gift where you can gift someone a book every month of the year, which is really nice as well. Oh, yes, so how yeah. lovely is that? Receiving a book every year, a sort of literary subscription club. So that's yeah, really fabulous. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So and obviously events as well. Yes. In normal times, they have lots yeah. of events. I think they've probably had some virtually over um, during the lockdown period, but in normal times, they have lots of author visits and readings and that they kind do, of thing, yeah. don't they? Whatever yeah. you're interested in, they, they, there's something going on there. Yeah, totally, totally. So, fantastic. So, yeah, check out the book, Hive. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing I really like are second-hand bookshops. Uh-huh, I love yes. independent bookshops, but I also love a good second-hand bookshop. And actually, yep. recent discovery for me, although I've walked past it a million times, is the Oxfam 
second-hand bookshop on Bedford Street oh, in Norwich, yeah. yes. which is amazing. And I went, I, th- I went in there and probably spent about twelve pounds and got like a whole set of books <laughs> because someone had just donated the whole set. They were in mint condition. Oh, um, wow. They also have music in there, sheet music. You oh, can yeah. play an instrument, yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. that's really worth checking out. Really fantastic place. Cookery books, all that sort of thing. Um, and if you are in West Norfolk, um, number eight, the old bookshop in Downham Market is a lovely place to visit. Um, it's the charitable bookshop of um, the West Norfolk Deaf Association. Okay. So yeah. a really good charity that sort of supports the deaf community in West Norfolk and Inverons. And it's in the High Street in Downham Market. And during... Um, during normal times, we keep saying. Um, they have lots of um, literary events and live events there as well. Um, but they also have a really fantastic selection of books and they showcase them on their Instagram um, and their Twitter. It's number eight, the old bookshop. Um, they're always looking for volunteers um, and do- the donations of anything that you sort of donate there, any any kind of money raised obviously goes back to the West Norfolk Deaf Association. Oh, they've got great. children's books, cookery books, CDs, DVDs, vinyl records. I don't know how they're operating at the moment. I don't know if they're they're not fully open. I don't know if they're doing click and collect, but it's one to check out, isn't it? Absolutely, online. and at the very yeah. at the very least, give them a follow. And especially if you're in West Norfolk, um, uh, say for later and and um, check them out. In yeah, the go and see them. Yeah. On the subject of secondhand bookshops, we probably couldn't. Um, could well, yeah. discuss them without mentioning the, the second-hand bookshops on all the National Trust sites as well. Uh, they are, yes. And we are often dragged in by our... <laughs> we are by our bookworm <laughs> children. So this is what happens when you take them to the library from six months after. I know, <laughs> I really know. Complain. I have to make sure we've got um, a bit of money spare. Plenty of change. <laughs> Blickling Hall has a fantastic second-hand bookshop, doesn't it? Oh, it does, yeah. Just, got... just by the stable cafe. There. Yeah, and it's got all sorts of eclectic wonders in there including quite old you know um i want to say rare but you know sort of very old looking books in a cabinet to um sort of uh annuals in the kids section and they start at just you know 50 pence and upwards and that kind of thing or a couple of quid there's tons of map books in the tons of maps loads and loads yeah raging broadfoot surveys like illustrated map do you think yeah i think uh, well compared to some of the other players it seems to be just they have a lot of map books and so if you're interested in maps you collect maps you've got to go there yeah it's a fantastic place to go um and uh, and they've got a lovely chair in there, haven't they? Yeah. Which the boys have been sitting in <laughs> to read. Sure. I'm not sure we were supposed to sit there very long, but yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, and the wonderful thing is, is that you're um, you're giving a little bit back to the National Trust um, while yeah. also getting some great. some cheap reading material. Yeah. And money spent on books is always well spent. Always, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, and there, and there are some some other sites as we've we've been to as well, like yeah. Oxborough Hall, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, oh, Ickworth as Ickworth well. Ickworth, Suffolk. Yeah, yeah, over yeah. the border, but. Um, yeah, we love going there as well. Love and a second-hand bookshop, yeah. to be honest with you. As I've said, I love a bookshop, and a second-hand bookshop is fantastic. You can get some great finds in there as well. And and yeah. I think it's really nice as well that books should not be destroyed unless they're literally no. on their last legs. So it's really nice that they've been yeah. used or loved by someone else, um, and then someone else gets the chance to read them. Yeah, and passed on. Yes, fabulous. So you've got some books here, Andrew, that I know you wanted to mention. <laughs> that you've been reading <laughs> I have I have uh, one of them is a very quick one that I have, um, I've been through which is a very interesting and because I love Norwich so much it's all about the blue plaques mm, of Norwich we use this for reference quite a lot don't we we do we do it's fabulous reference and um, very interesting indeed it's by Nick uh, Williams 
um, the Blue Plaques of Norwich, a guide to the 39 plaques around the city of Norwich. Now, this version so was produced in, yeah. goodness me, 2010. There may be some additional plaques since this was produced, but um, it's produced in conjunction with Norwich Heart, the Heritage Economic and Regeneration Trust. Oh, so okay. that's pretty cool. So yeah. if you like what um, what I really like about this is if you if so if you like local history um, and you also want to delve deeper about places, um, then it tells you where the plaques are located and then a sort of background backstory to yeah, it, of the plaques. It? Yeah, yeah. So and really uh, I love looking at the plaques around the city, and and this tells you even more about them. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I was gifted from from a birthday from a friend. Mm. Um, which is Uncle Sam's Roots in Eastern England. Fabulous. And there's a, there's a huge section in there, um, well, I say huge, good few pages, um, about Norfolk and its connections um, with America yeah. um, from colonial times onwards. Uh-huh. Uh, and it mainly um, with the links to um, presence of America. Yeah. So again, very interesting. Indeed. And I noticed that, coincidentally, after we just mentioned him, your bookmark is a Philip Pullman bookmark from the Book of Dust. <laughs> There you go. So you've got Philip Pullman from Norwich in a book about Uncle Sam's roots in Eastern England. Fantastic. That looks like a very interesting book as well. Yeah. They're both historical books. You love a bit of history, I do. don't you? Facts. A bit of facts. And um, yeah. And uh, I don't know who this one was by. Let's have a look. Roger it, Pugh. Uh, Roger Pugh. Yeah, with a forward by the Earl of Ivia. Ivia. I think <laughs> that might be the. Um, I can't uh, actually pronounce it. That might be the person who owns Elverdon. Ah, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's actually signed as well. I've just noticed. Did you ever, Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> it was a gift. Well, thank you Best very much. Yeah, so it's very interesting. It covers all of East Anglia, um, but in Norfolk we've got things like America's First Doctor, the girls from Great Yarmouth, and the witches of Salem. Oh the yes, first of America's First Ladies, President Abraham Lincoln's ancestral home, um, Norwich and Benjamin Franklin, the yep. first American. So particularly interesting. I've actually got some Norfolk family that now live in America. Too bad, yeah. So um, there are lots of connections between um, between America and, and the east of England. So that's a really interesting read. Yeah, it's very Fabulous. interesting. I'm reading at the moment. Excellent. So um, we should probably end it there. Yes. But um, I hope that has inspired you to perhaps look a bit deeper at um, Norfolk's literary roots. Um, we are running a spring virtual challenge at the moment on we Enjoying are, Norfolk, yes. um, which you can sign up for. Um, it's £10 and you have to complete the challenge, or three, th- at least three challenges by the 11th of April. Yeah, we'll and give if, it lo- loads of examples, don't we, what you indeed, can do. Indeed, yeah. Um, and if you manage to complete the challenge by the 11th of April, you can... Um, uh, apply for a fabulous little Enjoying Norfolk pin badge, which features yes, snowdrops. It does. Lovely which is. are the first flower that we saw start to spot around the place in spring and apparently a symbol of hope, oh, which certainly yeah. pertinent in these times. Anyway, uh, the point is that one of the activities is to, to read a book by a Norfolk author good, or a good. book about Norfolk history. Oh, I'm on my so way. I'm on my way. <laughs> so that's actually a challenge on our spring virtual challenge. Um, we want you to sort of delve a bit deeper and discover new things about Norfolk. Um, and so you could do that. Excellent. Um, there is no podcast next week. Oh. <laughs> it is half term and we are taking a little break. We are. Yes, we have to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we have to. Um, but we will be back um, the week after um, with some more interesting Norfolk-centric chat. Yes. And meanwhile, um, we obviously, we hope you are well and we hope you stay well. And in the words of Julian of Norwich, we should probably say, um, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. 
and we certainly hope that is true. As ever, if you have any feedback about what we've discussed in this podcast episode or any of the others, send us uh, an email through the website enjoyingnorfolk.co.uk or via Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Otherwise, take care and we shall speak with you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.